0: Welcome to the Next Level Business Podcast. This is your host, Tony Kane. So as a business coach, it's my job to give you the tools, the tips, and the motivation for you to take your business and your life to the next level. And each and every week, I bring you a new guest who's been in your shoes. Guests that have started, scaled, and now own really successful businesses. And I like to get into their heads and figure out what made them so successful. So before we get started today, I just wanted to give a quick shout out to the School for Life Foundation. Annabelle and the team there, they raise money to build schools and help more children in Uganda to go to school. So it's a sad fact, but only 7 out of 10 kids in Uganda actually finish primary school. So the team there, they raise money and enable people to actually sponsor kids to go to and finish school. So it's a great organization. And if you have the capacity, I'd love for you to head over to schoolforlife.org, sponsor a child, and you'll be able to watch them go to and complete school. I guarantee you, it's the most fulfilling thing that you'll do this year. So thanks so much for the team at School for Life Foundation. And now let's get into today's episode. Today I've got with me Justin Bailey, who is the Managing Director of the YMAP group. So Justin's story is going to blow your mind. It's a story about how Justin started with the single truck and he's grown the business to become a huge organization which at its peak, employees up to 800 people. So strap in for today's episode. I know that I learned a lot just talking to Justin. So I really hope that you get a lot out of this podcast and it gives you the inspiration to not only keep going, but take your business to the next level. So Justin, thanks for joining me today, mate. Uh, Thanks for
1: having me, Tony. I appreciate it.
0: So mate, for the listeners out there that that don't know your story, I mean, I've sort of... uh, known you for a long time, but even myself, Justin, I would love to hear how how your journey's been in business and, and how you sort of started out and sort of what led you to where you are today in owning a, a fairly large organisation in the YMAP group.
1: Yeah, thanks Honey. So, it's an interesting story, mate, really. I, I came out of school and um, I'd actually left school in at the back end of year 10 to do some landscape gardening and mum had had a florist shop and I had an interest in um, plants and the like. and. Anyway, I come out, I started an apprenticeship and and uh, all I really was doing was um, lifting sort of pool pavers and the like, and that was just the job, but I, I wasn't that keen on it. So I ended up going back to school and uh, I don't think I got the results that I was meant to get going back to school, but I had a good couple of years and and uh, came out of school. And I think as you know, my father, he, he was a, a rugby league coach, but when that come to an end, he bought a, a tipper, like a tip truck. So we'd always had an interest in in trucks, but the, I came out of school and a mate of he said, "Look, I'd I'd like to give you an opportunity to put a truck into the airport." It was just trying to help him out. Like Dad was driving the tipper, and Dad sort of went, "Oh, no, not really." And they they talked it through, and we ended up buying a truck, and then I uh, got my truck license on my 18th birthday, and and uh, jumped straight into that truck, mate. And that's how I got the um, the start in in a, what I call aviation logistics. Um, I was my focus, like yourself and your brother, who I know well, was rugby league, and yep. uh, that that was my focus. What I wanted to do. So the work side of it was sort of secondary, and um, but I, I was working very hard. I got graded at Illawarra and uh, would work sort of ten to twelve hours a day, drive down to Wollongong, um, train, come home, sleep, and you know, you'd be back into the truck at five in the morning. So we did that for 12 months, but I was very fortunate, mate, that I was down at Qantas one day waiting for some freight and uh, a guy knocked on my door. His name was Joe Bailey, American guy. And I said, well, I'm I am i years 18 of age, remember? And he goes, mate, he thought that was great. He says, would you like some more work? And you can imagine what I've said. And, no, not really. But, <laughs> uh, that sort of story doesn't end like that. But we, uh, we got talking and then we had a meeting with um, a company called Federal Express and we come out of the meeting and where I was working 12 hours a day, getting 200 bucks a week, I come out and was gonna work six hours a day and get $450 a week. <laughs> well, how long has this been going on for him? We got to buy him a brand new truck. But I think that's where the journey started, mate, and, and we'll talk it through a little bit more as we, as we go on. But if I talk about FedEx, you know, we got educated there, a um, the guy that's been with me 23 years and you know him as well, Peter Howie. And we didn't appreciate the education we're getting. Yep. And, uh, if you look at, you know, FedEx as a global logistics company and see what they've done since sort of way back then when we're 18, 19 years of age, I'm now 44. We've been working with FedEx every single day bar a couple over that period. So you know they've been a significant part of our journey we do look at that business and sort of try and replicate where we can and uh, it's helped us um you know grow into the business we are currently at today
0: and what does that look like today just in terms of staff and and trucks on the road and what have you
1: yeah so it's it's interesting so we've got the WineMap group business um, which is predominantly trucking um we've got just over 120 regos on the road between Sydney, Melbourne, Brisbane, and Auckland. Uh, We've got secure logistics business where we operate warehouses for our customers such as Kuna Nagel, DHL. I've ran a facility for Qantas for seven years, uh, Donata for four years. We've had our own facilities, which is part of the the next steps for us in the business over the next 12 months. COVID has slowed that down a little. Uh, We've got the YMAP People business, which is our labour hire business specialising mainly in aviation logistics tone so we all uh we've had upwards of 800 people out on any one day across all airports across the country uh or, or warehouses and the like currently today it sits around 250 people that are out um which is pretty good numbers really considering you know the environment we're currently in but with the likes of the integrators fedex dhl ups um, Qantas, it, it, there's a lot of e com happening in our world today's not there and everyone's buying online so the volumes that are coming in have been quite strong um, so i'm happy to see that business where it is and then uh, we've got the tag business the aviation group uh, which we are a gsa so we're a general sales agent for united airlines and also china eastern in auckland so that business has been really strong for us united airlines made a decision to be Um, the the, the primary uh, US carrier to come into Australia. Uh, Their schedule has grown through this COVID period. And it's been, um, yeah, look, let's just say it's been very healthy um, this year, but it's it's, what's been the most pleasing mate is we've been able to see that particular business grow in the past 12 months.
0: Justin, I love that. what I want to ask you, buddy, is because there's a lots of listeners out there right now who they might be in the first six months or, or or two years of their operations, and they've got no idea where it's going to end up for them. So take me back to take me back there quickly of when you had that first truck or even that first interaction with um, the guys at FedEx. Did you ever envision that you would be in a situation with the YMAP Group where it is now?
1: No, no, not at all, <laughs> not at all. And and it's just been a it's been a journey that feels like it's gone quick. It, it it's been a long journey, mate. And we work in a game that's twenty four seven, so it's relentless. And and I think if you don't get into it at a young age, and you know you don't know enough, you don't know any different. I yep. So one of the key moments for us was at FedEx, and they had some different management come in and made a decision that instead of outsourcing their trucking, they wanted to insource. So they were gonna invest in their own trucks. And I'll be very honest with you, um, it it pulled on our heartstrings. We'd done a lot of work there. By that stage, I was out of the truck, running the trucks around. So I was like, what are are the next steps for us? And we've had a couple of these moments, but like Peter and I, you know, we thought about, all right, we might have to go back and pull beers or, we because jumping back in the truck at that point didn't excite me. But, we're able to go and this is where i talk about appreciating the education we're we're able to go out to the market and start to talk about what we felt we could do better different for freight forwarders and um those integrators that i mentioned before like dhl express and ups and we're talking a a language that resonated with them and um we're able to pick up a couple of customers quite quickly and that was sort of the the next step of our journey. That um, we we gained a little bit of confidence. Um, you know, we never sold. I'd get in there with a the wobbly lip and really nervous, and <laughs> yeah. sort of back yourself somewhat. But yeah, the fact that we we got some traction early really helped us in that next um, next phase of growing this business.
0: And, and Balzi, what that reminds me of that that story there um, or that situation you're in is what a lot of people are going through at the moment, for you, you know, your, your mini COVID, so to speak, where FedEx deciding to bring it in-house as opposed to, to outsource it. And that, you know, it is, like you said, a, a tug on the heartstrings and a kick to the guts, but it does force you to pivot, doesn't it? And and look at other opportunities. And I think that's the key at the moment. What was ha- What people thought their strategic visions of their businesses and their organisations looked like in February are now completely different. And, um, and that's where I wanted to go next. uh, I, um, this, this podcast is designed to be no bullshit. And I mean, it's, I get the benefit of getting in, you know, people who are in charge of large organizations. And before we get into the cool stuff of talking about strategy, take me back to the worst times, because I I, want to, I want the listeners out there to know that despite all your success, I'm sure it hasn't been, you know, smooth sailing all the time. Right. Can you remember a, a specific time when, when you felt like you were dead set on the ropes and you, you thought about putting the cue in the rack?
1: Yeah, look, there's been, there's been a number of those times and probably, um, you know, the best person to ask is the old story is your wife and, and they, she's been such a um, like a great sort of partner in terms of the business all throughout this whole journey because pretty much when I came back from the Gold Coast and got, got serious again, she that's when we met. So she's seen seen the growth all the way through, and and I'll say it. I can't thank her enough. But the one of the you know I think the the hardest times I've had is not necessarily when you're being kicked in the teeth, and you and you're looking at loss. The hardest part for me has been because I only knew what I knew day one, and I've been educating myself all the way through, is when you have a growth spurt or you, you you're successful with a big account, and you got to pull all that together and. The pressures that come from not only running your own business at that time, but then planning for like a Menzies piece of business who won a number of years ago, like you're talking 10 or 11 prime movers being purchased and then trying to pull it all together and the pressures that you're holding in because you've got all your people doing their part to make it all happen. But, you know, I've had some moments and, uh, and <laughs> you think, well, why and how am I going to make it work and you know, you do, and I think it's important for your listeners to to ensure that, you know, whether it feels like they're on the ropes for whatever reason, that tomorrow's gonna come around. And if you backed yourself to that point, you're gonna be okay. And I sort of I stick to those sort of simple things in my in my world. Um and just sometimes you know, you have your challenges tone. You really yep. it, and and um, there'll be more. I just think each one, you just gain a little bit more experience on on how to deal with it. And at the end of the day, Tony, for me, I'm in the service game, mate. I got nothing to sell. So as much as it's going north for me at the moment, doesn't take much like people have seen with COVID for it to go south quickly. And trying to plan for that's not easy. So, you know, we've always got to, we're, we're always really... Um, conscious of of what tomorrow can look like and we sort of plan for when not if um if that's you know making sense in from you know the context of your your question
0: mate I, I, it does and, and you you segwayed there nicely into um w- what i wanted to go to next balzy in terms of like you touched on there you said there, each experience gives you a little, it's like, you know, it's like um, you're a bit better for the next run, right? Like sometimes I I believe in in my businesses and sometimes the best gifts have come badly wrapped where I've been like going through it, it's not much fun, but the resilience you gain, you know, from going through that sort of tough time you go, right. Once you see it again, you've got a little bit of a mud map of how to get through it again, um, albeit a different challenge. So Mate, talk me through that because um, how do you do that now? Like I, I, a lot of organisations I talk to, Balesy, like especially of, of your size, they've got to be agile because what you what you want to happen most certainly won't. So how do you and your sort of executive team and Pete and the guys strategically plan how you'd like to go? Is that done like on a on the on an ongoing basis or on a more formal basis?
1: No, now these days it's more formal. Um, traditionally, I'd run a three year. Um, strategy that we'd always and we always meet every quarter as a senior group and just see how we are tracking because what happens in our world is in you know in logistics different opportunities sort of present themselves quite often Uh, different challenges present themselves quite often and we're we're always looking at um, our our growth strategies and and how we're going to achieve them but last September I sat the team down and I I decided to put forward a six-year plan Now that six year plan was um, in line with the new Western Sydney airport that uh, we all know is coming around in 2026. So my view was to um, talk to this group of people about some longevity and and where they could see themselves in this growing business as time goes on. Uh, Make sure that we're focusing on our core products and and we added a couple of products to that. One of those being interstate transport. If I can just Sort of go left a little bit time out of this whole COVID yep. um, period like the one positive that has come out of that is we've been able to set up our interstate network yep. um there's been a lot of road freight domestic road freight that's um needed to uh move from port to port as sydney's been such a major hub for freighters coming into the country so we've been able to um look we adapted it was something it was on the agenda to to make a reality over the next few years but we've now got you know somewhere around 14 sometimes more prime movers on the road every night so that that's been a a real positive but you know again going back to the strategy it's about the products it's about the people the investment we're big on continuing to invest in our equipment our technology um, and the warehousing will be um, a really important product in the business so we're talking about that now we feel there's going to be some change in our game um, in terms of the the tier one logistics um, players that are in the market sort of moving more west and uh, we w- i want to make sure that i've got this business in a very strong position to be able to complement our customer at warehouse facilities here so we can be ready for western sydney airport where between me and tone hopefully we're a, we're a major uh, we're we're a genuine option Western Sydney Sydney Airport to consider us to run their uh, warehouse facility out there.
0: Well, mate, yeah, the fact that you're talking about it, you know, in in advance of it occurring, you've got to you've got to be you've got to have the. I suppose you've got to be ready if the opportunity comes, right? Um, and I think what I love about what you said there, Balesy, is that 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 really long term planning. I mean, um, majority of organisations they're, they're flat out looking past twelve months, but I I love how you've looked at okay because it's, you've got to look at, you know, the the micro, but then also the macro, and you've, you've understood that there is a whole new airport, you know, it's, it's going to create a, a significant amount of work, and you want to at least give yourself the best chance to be able to profit and benefit from that, so, and I think that's a good take for everyone, because I think a lot of businesses, even if they're really going well, they, they're in their sort of, I suppose, their cocoon, and they assume that, What's happening today will always be the case, um, but I love that you're looking at what are the competitive forces out there that could potentially, you know, significantly uh, contribute and and help you improve your business, which is which is unreal.
1: Um, well, I think, Jane, just to add to that, I mean, one of the things that we're, one of, like the areas of our business that we do well today, we've got to make sure we continue to do those well, but we've got to continue to add different products, what I call products, our service to um our customer base because it's really really important that if that you're progressing in that space that you're getting better so to turn a product on tomorrow and think you're going to be great the next day that's not practical so if we're going to get serious about some of these different services we want to offer you know we've got to start somewhere and you know one of the downsides to that one of the products was um our sensitive movement so we're moving a lot of bullion and gold off airports, so that they'd come in on to off planes and i'd have these little armored vehicles go out to recover well yep. now that there's no passenger flights coming in that that's had to take a back seat so it's important that if we've got if we've got nine products and at least four or five of them are thriving and if the other ones aren't going so well that's okay but the minute we lock ourselves into just being specialist in one or two areas i think that's uh that's a little risky for a business like mine
0: and what about talk to me more about that because you've done that, you've obviously got segments within the YMAP group, um, but then you've got organisations, so you've got the other businesses. So has that been part of your strategic planning to not only in one company have more than one product and, and several in your case, do you do that across all your companies within the YMAP group?
1: Yeah, look, it's been important uh, an important part of my personal strategy. And I was taught this by one of my mentors in the early days is it's really important to put a picket fence around your customer. So you can always have someone turn up and go, Well, I can put a truck and a driver in uh, for five dollars cheaper. Yep. Yep have to have more. And and I've that's that's been one of the goals for me. So where I got where I got one thing wrong, I, I, I wanted to mirror what I had in Sydney, in Brisbane and Melbourne. That was the first goal. And I thought that with all the major players like a DHL, a Schenker, a Kuhnan Nagel, a FedEx, that if we got that if I got that right, then I could set up a national deal. Well, it just doesn't work like that, they have their, own, their own silos, their own P and L's. So, um, it didn't work and, but we're we're still able to develop a business in those ports. It still operates today, but for me, it's about trying to, or ensuring that we're a top tier choice for our customer that has a range of options that if they are, being, if there's pressure being put on my business by a competitor but the customer can sit back and go, well, yeah, but do you have labor hire? Do you have recruitment? Do you have a GSA business? Do you do warehousing? And that was um, a, definitely an, in, like, it was intentionally um, developed over a, a lot of years for, you know, for us to be where we are today.
0: And you know what, he like, I've always seen that success when the, like the company pushes the out of the boundaries of its core business and, and, you know, into an adjacent space. So you're not trying to, you know, you're not trying to you know, get into fashion, what have you. And what I've really seen work well, and, and it sounds like you've done it is you've got that strong competitive position, right? You started off with that. And then, but then you recognize and what happens with that competitive position is more opportunities arrive, right? And you're in a position to reinvest at maybe a higher rate than your competitors and develop new products and services, which ultimately gives your existing clients more value and then you can increase market share. So I love that cycle where you leverage off your existing strong market position. So it's uh, mate, I think it's, I think you've, you've sort of intentionally, unintentionally, it sounds like your buddy moving in, in, in an awesome direction, mate. And, um, and what I wanted to ask you was next was about culture. Like you've got hundreds of people working under the Wimap group at any given stage. How do you, sort of manage that to make sure that your people are coming to work and feel like they're in a safe space and they're, they've they got the energy and motivation to do their best work? How do you manage that sort of things, mate?
1: Yeah, it's a great question, Tone. So one of the, one of the sort of the key pillars for us is culture. And we've thrived on saying that we have a great culture in this business from um, many, many years ago. And don't get me wrong, we do but it's been very much a fun culture and good times. And, you know, having 50 tickets to every Dragon's game, making sure yep. that not only our own internal employees were gone, but all of our customers and everyone loved being with the YMAT boys and that culture, that's that's great. But what happens with a growing business is you bring professional people into your business, which is important that have got um, genuine skill sets to help you grow. But as that happens, you know, you, your, your culture can get a bit bouncy. And we've experienced that here. And, uh, you know, as someone that's dry, I've I've always driven the culture. Um, You know, when I talk about the fun times, there's a time for that. But we are very, very professional in this business in terms of the way that we we act and, and behave. And safety is such an important part of our culture and it's on the forefront. We're very, very fortunate. When we uh, I think we might have been the pick of a bad bunch tone when corners come knocking on our door, but we um, we we won a um, a contract that in this business we'll never forget. But they very much educated us on um, how important safety is. And when you when you've got a lot of people turning up for you every day, and one thing I'll say is my we we work with an upside down triangle. So I'm at the bottom of that. The most important thing is the people that on the forefront that we our brand that go out every day and leave their family to get home to their family. And we say in here, work safe, home safe, that that's the key to your culture these days. So the fun part is a small part these days for us. It's all about ensuring that our people coming to work, enjoy coming to work. And you don't always get that right, but they are coming to a place where they know that they're going to be well looked after safe. Um, and we can get them home to their families every night.
0: I love it. I, I always get gold for myself out of this. And that, that reverse triangle where you sit at the bottom of that and that's that's your job, mate. That that's bloody brilliant. I love it. Um
1: yeah, I mean, and that's the reality. So what sits above me is a senior management team and the management team above them and then then the guys on the forefront. And I just I'm very, very quick to tell my senior management team that we don't get the top here right, you don't have a job. Yeah. And that's the reality in the work we do and let alone because typically where your management comes from is they're, they're being your stars that are in the top line so they get an opportunity down the next line so you know I, I, i'm big on it i learned it a long time ago and, and it's um it, it's it's really uh it's a big part of this business is the way that um the people on the front line go out and perform every day and they get make sure that we thank them and you know thank yous and pleasers go a long way don't they
0: Absolutely, that's something I'll be using for a long time. Like, Balzi, what about this? Right. So, a lot of listeners out there, and I'm really keen to find out how you manage this. Right. I talk about this with my clients. You know, are you a business operator or you're a business owner? And, And the distinction is, a business operator they've essentially bought themselves a job. Right. They're in there all day. It doesn't operate without them. Right. How do you and when did you decide to separate yourself and go? Okay, for this thing to scale. I need to get out of the, that sort of that low hourly rate work and and be more strategic. And, and when did you sort of make that distinction?
1: So for me, Tony, that's been a, a and it still is. I mean, you get asked, you know, like a Peter in the business or a couple of people. That, that's been a big challenge of mine. Um, it, it's it's a like I'm definitely doing it now at the age, at the age of forty. I tell you one thing, when I turned forty, I said. And I said to some people around me, I need to get out of what of what we call ops. So yep. that's a day-to-day active, moving, it's robust, it doesn't stop into more um strategic into this business. Now, talk's cheap. So yeah. when it's yours and it's your baby and you've grown it for so long, and the amount, the effort, the time, the hours that go into it, it's it's not an easy transition. And it's still not today. There's a lot like We travel a lot in this business. You know, we've been developing ports for the last 10 years. Auckland's been our latest and that, you know, that they've really welcomed us to that market. Um, We're we're reasonably lean. So, you know, we find ourselves sort of still in the business every day, but I run with an an advisory board that's been with me for six years. So it allows me to wear a board hat in that room and, and sort of work with the senior management team um i uh, yeah it's a it's a tricky one time because like this business it's it it requires a, a lot a lot of effort and and we do step up above it and i and i do work on it strategically and my key focus for me is customer 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 so i spend a lot of time trying to ensure we're networking right building the right relationships continuing to get those opportunities coming at us um but you know we we haven't nailed that. Where it's definitely something we're going to continue to, to uh, improve in that area. But um, yeah, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that we're, we're I'm great at, at that part just yet, because you do find yourself diving in. Uh, you know, quite a lot.
0: you know what though i I don't think it's a it's a it's a 100 versus zero percent. I, I found a lot of especially owners like yourself where they've been there since day dot, and it is a baby. Well, I don't think there's a bad, it's a bad thing about having a component of your day or week in operations because that's where, you know, you've probably got a lot, a lot to add in there and and what could take you five minutes might take someone three days. Right. So I think there's that balance of going, okay, well, I need to, you know, it's handy for me to spend some time in operations, but I need to spend X amount of time in strategy to make sure this business continues to grow at, at, at the rate that I want it and, and need it to. So Balzy, mate, I'm not going to hold you up for too long. I know you're running a pretty big business there, mate, so I, I don't want to chew up too much of your time. I just had two more questions. Um, yep. First one was, if you were mentoring someone out there right now who, who were thinking about starting a business and they, they, they were coming to you for some advice, what, what do you think the three things you would say to them would be to give them a few tips to, to get them along to their journey? Uh,
1: look, three tips. 3 I'll give you three key words. Yep. Uh, patience. I think, um, you know, we set out to achieve and you, 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 there's gonna be hurdles and, uh, you know, there's, you know, talk about ups and downs, be it cash flow, be it people that you're trying to manage, customer, you, you need patience. And um, that's something that's taken me quite a bit of time to to learn and I, and that's an area that I know I have improved. Um, commitment, and without without a genuine commitment to being all in to your own business, it's easy to go and turn up to work for someone else there's not too many people out there tone that that do what business owners do and do it for a long period of time it takes a hell of a lot of commitment um to you know to get success and doesn't matter what success looks like it doesn't mean a number Mm. you know ideally we all want to make money it's about it's about building something and having something you look back and go look what we're look where we've got to now where we're going into the future so commitment's key and i think probably the number one is integrity so if you if you think you're going into business um, and you want to be in business for a long time it's so important that your uh, reputation um, amongst your customer base amongst your staff um, is is really integral to to the business and they can trust you and um, that's something we've done very well in this business here you know again operationally you don't get it right but we uh, we never say we can do something if we can't, and uh, and we're always very very honest with um, my customer base, and um, people people know from me if you step out of line in that space, the you know it's not going to uh, be a good result for them. So integrity is key, and I think I'll add one more one more, and I, and I was one of my idols, mate's Lindsay Fox, and I feel like. If he can go out and start with run truck and build what he has today, and I'm not not sitting here saying I'm going to do the same thing, but I what I do say to myself is, why well, can't? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I was, you know, one of the things he said to me, he said, "Look after your customer, because if you're not, someone else is." And that's <laughs> been really, really simple for me. It, it sticks in my head, and um, we try and do that as, as best we can all the time
0: brilliant brilliant absolute gold mate there's a i I always promise the listeners that my job is to go out there and find the gold and pass it on and and there's been plenty here Balzi. so mate to cap off right the last question i ask all my guests is what would have to happen in the next 10 years to feel like you have really nailed this next decade from a business perspective i know you've got the western sydney trend like expectations which is you've answered part of it but have you sort of thought that far ahead
1: I mean, no, but to, to answer the question, I mean, the six-year strategy is a strategy. That's, in, that's a that's a company strategy that you need buy-in from your people. For me to look back, uh, you know, I want to continue to build the business, and I just mentioned it before. I wanna, for me, doing the same thing every day is just not what I'm about. I like difference. I like creating new solutions. I like seeing our industry doing things differently, which we very much take the lead on i'm not going to go into detail on on what we do but we've been able to um we've been able to create different services as such that have made a a significant impact um to our industry i suppose the the key thing for me you know i'm I'm 44 i like a good time tony as you know yeah it's to ensure you know it's always been family first in this business and we talk about family work fun because I I feel, and I say to my people, if you don't get the family bit right, and you don't get the work bit right, you don't have as much fun. So for me, it's about ensuring that my my family is at the absolute priority of my life, uh, my health, and that's that's sort of going into a phase of my life where if I'm 10 years down the line, I wanna make sure that my health's in a good spot, and importantly, I want to be as loyal as, as I possibly can to the people that have been loyal to me. So, as we go down the next ten years, uh, you know, I want to ensure that we're in a position to continue to um, create employment or continue employment for uh, for, for many people. Um, I think we're at, we've got an opportunity, as I said to you before, we've employed upwards of eight hundred people, and I don't worry about those sort of statistics. But what I do know is. Every week when I approve the payroll, there's a lot of people that I'm supporting to pay for their um, commitments. And, um, you know, we've got some great people that have been with us a long time. And um, it's, it's, it's really important that those people are well looked after as best we can. And, uh, mate, if I can look back in 10 years' time and still see a lot of those faces that have helped me build a business, I think um, that would make me very happy.
0: Brilliant, mate. Brilliant. Well, mate, I, I wish you all the best, and, mate, I, if you're a horse, mate, I'd be backing you because uh, I've seen, <laughs> I've seen what you, what you've done, and, and I, would, uh, I'd be very bullish on the future of the warm up group. So, mate, um, congratulations thus far, mate. I know it's probably, uh, you know, there's a lot more chapters left, mate, but I appreciate you hanging out with us today, and, and, and most most, uh, the most thing that I've got out of today is, is just your, your integrity, your commitment and the patience, I think those three things, um, for any business owner, whether established or, or startup, if you've got them, you know, painted on the wall, it's pretty hard to go wrong over a long period of time. So mate, thank you for that. And buddy, um, if people want to get in touch with you, I'll, I'll send them over to the, to the YMAP, the, the YMAP website there, mate. And, um, I wish you all the best mate. And I'm looking forward to catching up again soon.
1: Yeah. Thanks Tony. Look, I appreciate you reaching out giving give me this opportunity. Um, uh, my first podcast. So, uh, thanks again, mate. Take
0: care. Mate, appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Next Level Business Coaching. That was brilliant. If you didn't get a lot out of that, Go back and listen to that again because even me sitting here, I do this all day every day and there was so much gold in there that I can straight away take and put into my business. And sometimes it's just those little things, right, that you pick up and it just stays in your head forever. Like Justin said, Lindsay Fox said to me one day, if you don't look after your customers, someone else will. So I hope there was something in there that you can take on board and start implementing into your business, which is going to be the game changer. So take care. Thanks for listening. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. That way, every time we do a new episode, it'll come straight to you. But most importantly, stay safe, look after yourself, and I'll catch up with you on the next podcast.